Hello and welcome to the Stoked on Spokes podcast. 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 Wait, like SOS? Well, it's about fight, rides, gear, races, community, and so much more. This is the Stoked on Spokes podcast. Let's get rolling. Hello and welcome to the 24th episode of the Stoked on Spokes podcast. Today I'm joined by two local people from the Cora, which is the Cincinnati Off-Road Alliance in Cincinnati, Ohio slash Northern Kentucky. I'm joined by Olivia and Jason today. Guys, how are you doing? Great. Great. Yeah, how are you? Doing well. Please introduce yourself and tell me what your bicycle background is. I'm Olivia. I go by Liv Birkenhauer. Bicycle background. Wow. Rode my bike growing up. If I wanted to go anywhere, because I lived out in a rural Alexandria, so if I want to go play baseball or go up and get a Coke, I rode my bike. But my mountain biking experience really started late compared to a lot of people. I was on vacation. My younger brother talked me into riding, doing a mountain bike ride down in North Carolina. First time ever. We're on the trails down there. <laughs> I came back and bought a, a mountain bike within the month and started biking around here. So... And just fell in love with it and started, eventually started racing in 2012, been doing that for the last 10 years, mostly endurance. And then, of course, the cyclocross where I've met you, Alan. And then really involved when I became, got on the core board, which was in 2014. And then in 2016, I got certified to be a mountain bike instructor. And so that's really become a, keeping me busy almost full time. And then now, of course, the current president. This is my second year as president. I started mountain biking a little bit earlier. Back in <laughs> 1992 at Mudfest down at uh, Bike Butler was my first mountain bike race. You know, I was horrible at basketball, you know, and, and, and the ball sports. And, and I, I begged my folks to take me to, to the mountain bike race. And, you know, they're concerned that there'd be, you know, people kicking you over back in the woods and, and, and clawing to get in front of you. But, you know, it was a great experience. Was, you know, folks were really supportive. And, and I just kept with cycling ever since. I started working at a bike shop in 1995 at Bishop's in Milford. And then after college, I decided to open my own shop in Newport, Kentucky, Reeser Bicycle Outfitters. So that's been, we've been open for 22 years now. And during that time, I also was involved, my brother was involved with uh, Kimba, the Kentucky Mountain Biking Association. And he got, got me involved in trails and advocacy started getting more and more into it and was on the the Kimba North board which actually kind of folded into Cora later on you know have been part of that scene ever since a couple years ago um, I started really pushing for larger fundraising and and larger projects for Cora to where we'd be able to pay for more professional trail builders to to come in and build trails so it's, I think it's been about a year and a half now I've been the trail development director for Cora so I'm actually now no longer on the board. I'm actually uh, staff and and I work part time pushing trails around town. Although it seems like full time. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, always. Uh, you know, there's just lots of little pushing and 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 trying to make connections and and make things happen. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. It's real real interesting. All the people you meet. Besides being the Cincinnati Offer Alliance, what you guys have already said, what does Quora mean to you guys, and how important is it? Originally getting involved in Cora really for me was my way of giving back to a community that I had really fallen in love with. And so joined the board so that I could contribute and hopefully, you know, help make more trails. At that time, I think we were more of a 
maintaining our trails. We probably had 60 miles of trails in 2014. And as we've grown as a board, and a big part of that was when we did hire Jason, we've really added on a lot more mileage, but we've really become more advocates with, the, with our other community leaders and our other community partners. So that has really put us in the spotlight and helped us to raise more funds and be really be thought of as the go-to. Hey, if we're thinking about trails, even if it's just regular hiking trails and mountain biking trails, we should talk to Cora, they're the experts. And that's just been my way really of giving back to a community that, you know, I always tell people, well, I probably spend the most time on these trails, so I ought to be doing something, right? <laughs> Yeah. And, and for me, you know, of course, being in that bike culture and, and outdoor culture, really, I was always meeting different people that were involved in working uh, on trails. And I also, you know, I started my bike shop when I was pretty young. And yeah. uh, a lot of my friends, uh, like the ones that used to, uh, I actually had uh, my college roommates used to put on all the road bike races and cyclocross races in town. They moved out of town. They moved out to Colorado. Other friends moved to San Francisco. You know, when I go to visit them, they would have these fantastic trail networks where they could ride right out of their neighborhood, ride either downtown or ride up into the mountains. And, you know, it's something a lot of people say, well, those are cities that, you, you know, those are exemplary places. Well, I don't know if we can do that here, but I've always had that dream. Like, why couldn't we do that here in the Midwest? And I think we have, you know, some great opportunities here in, in Cincinnati. And so that's been really an exciting way for me to try to lure friends back, but also try okay. to, you know, make our city better. So it's like, this is, you know, one more reason why people want to live here in, in Cincinnati, because we have so many miles of, of trails that, you know, so many people can enjoy. Yeah. So our, our you know, when it, we have a strategy meeting every, every, usually every February as a board and sit down some of those initiatives really are the, you know, everybody here is a trails closer to home, but we really do want to where people can safely either ride to a trail that's five, 10 minutes away, or worst case, get in their car, load up and get to a trail. So more trails that are closer to neighborhoods. So a lot of our trail systems, our state parks are, you know, for me to go to East Fork, it's 30 minutes or to Houston Woods, whatever, and I do have some trails that are closer, but really to look at getting that network that Jason's talking about, and he's been really instrumental in helping us move those forward, both in Northern Kentucky and on the Eastern corridor side of town, where hopefully you can be in your neighborhood and ride to a connected, either gravel, maybe sometimes paved like the Little Miami, to some of these different pockets of natural surface mountain bike trails that we have. So that's a, that is a real key difference, I think, in the last year and a half that we're striving, striving to get to. Within Cora, what do we have for trails? We have actually just over now 110 miles of, yep. of natural surface trails. Also two uh, bike, oh, bike parks. Now, we have one. Now it's 115. We opened up, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it keeps growing. And, and uh, also Lebanon Bike Park. And yeah, they actually opened up some more trails up there too. Yeah. And so that's some of the trails, you know, our volunteers, uh, most of them actually our volunteers have built by hand. Some of them professionals came in and built it. And uh, others actually like in Boone County and up at uh, Premier uh, Bike Park in Lebanon, the county parks or the city 
made it happen and and hired the professionals to come in and, and really build the trails. And then we help with support either with events, encouragement, and letters or of, you know, with letters volunteers. of support. Yeah. So that that is a big difference. In the last year and a half, we've been out again meeting with this community leaders. Jason uh, presented, and quite a few of us went to a meeting that was of mayors and city administrators. So we're trying to get that out in front. So we want more communities like Lebanon and Boone County that where they really back that and put their money, their dollars into it. And then we're just the experts that help guide that. So really trying to get that word out to our city, county, park, and state communities. What are your trails? I I know of uh, Davu, obviously. I know of East Fork. What else do you guys have within the core Northern Kentucky region? A real, a really a great array of trails. So in Northern Kentucky, we have Davu, which, you know, that gets, that's a, that's a, at least a regional draw, right? People come down from Columbus, up from Louisville, Lexington. And then we also have England, Idlewild, which is Boone County in Hebron. And it's a, it's a fantastic trail system. And then we have Tower Park in Fort Thomas, which has about five, six miles. And it's, you know, it's, Greater Cincinnati, so there's elevation at most of our trails. And then locally, we also have in Great Parks as a partner, Mitchell Memorial, and we're working with them to add some other systems on our east side. And what am I missing? Uh, Terrell Park and Milford. And then the yeah. three state parks are Houston Woods and Caesars Creek and East Fork. There's also uh, Harbin Park and oh, yeah. Harbin. and uh, Landon Deerfield Park yep. in Deerfield Township. So yeah, we've we've got a, a lot of trails out there. We've got uh, our space, our area that between our trails that, that, that we cover is about the size of Delaware. So it's a yeah. it's a pretty big space, and, and you know we try to support all of our trail stewards, you know, and all the all the projects that they have. We have a great right now, and that's always continuously trying to improve and increase our volunteers to help us. But right now. I think we're in the best shape we've ever been with having some really engaged trail stewards and their volunteer crew. So we've been very fortunate there. So yeah, let's talk more about your volunteers, your trail stewards. What what work and what stress do they help relieve from what you guys have on more of your board roles? So, well, I, I think it really allows um, us to do more of the committee type of things and especially the fundraising and the community engagement piece. We might go in and meet with, like, say, Ginger is our trail steward, Marsh, at East Fork. She really handles the day-to-day, the month-to-month. The same with Mount Airy. Troy Workin was a former board member. You know, we don't have to worry. We know he's taking care of that, and he's communicating with Cincinnati Parks, as Ginger is with East Fork. And then we may come in and help support them. For instance, in East Fork uh, last year, we were able to meet with the parks and add it 5.3 miles that were hike-only. And because of the work our volunteers do, they were like, yeah, we need help with this. Your trails are so nice. We want this 5.3 to be like that. So it's a huge help when we have a good, really good, strong trail crew at each of our systems. Yeah, they um, they do, you know, they do all the work. It's like once the, a lot of the organizations like the, our, our land managers want to know, like, so if you build it, who's going to take care yeah. of it? And, and we can point to a great crew of people. Yeah. You know, like on that, and one of the things is they had trails that weren't being maintained or, or just couldn't. Yeah. They had 140 trees on one of the hiking trails at East yes. Fork. 
that fell down. A lot of the dead ash trees, and they'd take out other big trees. And one of our our volunteers owns uh, Jeff Shoney owns Shawnee Tree Service, and basically he and a couple of his staff uh, crew volunteered to go in, and they they cleared it out with the within a few months. So. Yeah. Uh, just an enormous amount of trees and and they don't always fall straight across the trail sometimes they're straight <laughs> yeah. down the trail and and there's a million branches to, yeah. to clear out so just uh, unbelievable mouth work um, yeah our volunteers have logged and this is ones that they actually log and they yeah. they bother yeah. to get online and report but over yeah. six thousand hours a year over the past each year over the past few years so it's a lot of a lot of volunteer hours yeah, and we're and, super grateful for that. And we have a lot of experience and expertise in those trail stewards and volunteers. So we're very fortunate there that we know that they know how to fix those drainage issues and armor up, do some rock armoring, and how to reroute and do a bench cut. So we're very fortunate there. And a lot of that has been we've gone out in past years and done some extra training, um, and videos and and such, uh, and with even with weed eating, but especially um, had a couple different trail seminars that have been helpful and are probably due to have another one soon. Say there's someone in Cincinnati or Northern Kentucky who wants to volunteer. Are there regular trail days available at, at these trails for volunteer opportunities? Yes, almost every one of the trails has a set uh, trail day, whether it's the first Saturday or the second Saturday. And some of our trail systems like Deville right now, there's a crew that meets every Sunday. They're there every Sunday working on stuff, working on um, berms and things, and uh, sometimes just drainage dishes or whatever. But yeah, you you would, you would or if, if there was a time you wanted to do something, the other thing we try and encourage, weekends are tough. If you got kids that are playing t-ball or whatever, or family obligations, we can also give you something to do during the weeknights. So especially this time of year, just tell us what trail you want to go out on and weed eat. We're good with that. So all, all kinds of opportunities. And I get a, I happen to get the, I'm the one who gets the web messages. So we do get some inquiries on that and I direct them to those pages. Yeah, we have, you know, through our Facebook pages, we also have our calendar on our okay. website that lists a lot of those re- repetitive events as well as some of our, uh, our, our bike races and stuff. And there's other events where, we might need people to volunteer, you know, like say for a bike race, there's people that to help keep the, to marshal the course, keep the course safe, direct traffic, uh, registration, you know, there's group rides and we're always looking yeah. for volunteers for that type of activity. Well, too. So I lots think, of different activities. I think we should use that as a plug, Jason, right now. If you want to volunteer at some races, we have the Franduro coming up on August, what Jason? Yeah, August 7th, uh, Fonduro. It's part of the Frinduro series that the folks from Combo in Columbus was put, Even sooner, put it on. We have Houston Woods, six-hour race, bringing it back, <laughs> and that is July 24th. So we should, could use volunteers for that if anyone's out in the audience and wants to help be a part of that. So but yeah. hey, come race it. So let's talk about events. What does CORE put on besides those group rides and different things like that? Yeah. But yeah, let's talk about events. What does CORE put on? Yeah, we've had a lot of group rides. Early in the spring, we started doing this last year, and we even put on a couple gravel rides because we have a few folks that are in that. It's like gravel's kind of off-road, but you know you can't really count on a group ride in March and April with our trail systems around here with the amount of rain we get. So we did a couple gravel rides, so we knew we would be able to pull those off. And then we've had 
quite a few group rides already on our mountain bike trails. Just recently, we were at East Fork, and that was kind of a last-minute call. You know, that was that, <laughs> that was that week we had, I think, at times we had those two-inch uh, gully washers. So Ginger Marsh, Charles Stewart was out the night before saying, yeah, we're good. We can make a, a go of it. We had 50 folks show up for that, and that was kind of last minute. So we have another one July 10th at Houston Woods is our next one. And then I think we have some other ones scheduled out on our calendar. We've also had some women group rides, and we'll continue to do that as well. We have a Women's Crush Weekend, which is going around the state. There's quite, there's probably been at least three of them at different locations. And we're doing one at the where women can come in and camp overnight, kind of on property, pretty much. You got to cut through a uh, Ludlow Swim Club. Uh, so camp Saturday night. So we'll do group rides uh, and maybe some other things. I might do a beginner clinic um, on Saturday and then another group ride on Sunday. And the good thing about that is a lot of the women will come down and they'll give them an opportunity to pre-ride for the Frenduro, which is like two weeks later. Yeah, I don't I don't want to make it uh, too long-winded either, but I also have uh, yet another event um, oh, that yeah. we have coming up. And this is very different for our area. This is a new uh, kind of a novel uh, saying is uh, adaptive mountain biking. Yeah. And so we don't have too uh, many uh, adaptive mountain bike ready trails yet. That's part of our plan is to uh, start making more adaptive ready trails. Um, but up at uh, the premier atrium, medical atrium bike park in Lebanon, we're going to have, we're getting together with our friends from the Bridges Adaptive and Catalyst Sports um, on July 15th and 16th. And we're going to have basically free to try for for uh, folks, for riders to come up and try out adaptive mountain biking. And it's going to be, so Catalyst Sports is coming up from Nashville, Tennessee, with a huge truckload of different adaptive bikes, because, you know, not everyone's the same. People have different different needs and different abilities. And so to try to uh, set up and also, you know, different body sizes and shapes. So try to set up different size bikes and, 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 and set them up for folks to try. That's going to be an opportunity that we we definitely need uh, volunteers for. Yeah, they can. That, they can that's in July, that correct? July. What's that? Is that that's in July? Yeah, so that's July fifteenth and sixteenth. Uh, Friday is the uh, volunteer orientation, and then Saturday uh, will be the event where you know we send folks off on the uh, at the bike park, and they'll be able to you know cruise around. Pretty there's some. A, a lot of really easy trails. And then if someone's maybe a higher experience level, yeah. they can try uh, one of the more difficult trails up there. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, so there's, yeah. there's kind of something for everyone, but we're really thinking that this is going to be a thing that uh, opens up eyes and, and lets people know that, oh, this is something that I can do. I can get out there yeah. and uh, ride a mountain bike through the woods get out. Uh, and, and have the same benefits as everyone else. And the, the great thing about that is if you're familiar with what we're, we hope to have being built by next year would be uh, the Mount Airy, Mount Airy Skills Park. So we now have like five and a half miles of trails in Mount Airy Forest. And we are adding a skills park with a loop around that, which will be adaptive cycling. Um, and then a flow trail too, that will go down to our other trails from up in Mount Airy Forest. So Jason, in case somebody doesn't know, what is the main differences between a regular mountain bike and an adaptive mountain bike? Well, you know, adaptive mountain bike, it might be like a a hand cycle. It might be, you know, some other uh, adaptation to uh, allow folks that are differently able to really get out and get on uh, on the trails. 
And so it's trying to open up accessibility to everyone. One of the things, hand cycles, you know, hand, your arms just aren't as powerful as, as your legs and, and, and to be able to drop weight on there. So um, one of the things that's come out lately is uh, with the, the e-bikes that have a, a, an electric assist on that makes those go a lot easier, a lot far better going up hills. And so there's been um, kind of an explosion in uh, adaptive mountain biking. And so we just want to you know, make sure that we have that in mind going forward and, and get, get those trails. You know, the trails are just slightly different. You know, instead of having offset obstacles where someone might hit a rock with, you know, if they're on a, a four-wheeled mountain bike or, or a three-wheel bike, that they won't hit uh, an obstacle with one wheel that flips them over and that there's maybe just a little more clearance for the trees, which has been something with flow trails that people want anyway. Adaptive trails can be a little more, they're a little wider, so they can be a little more difficult to build by hand. So it's typically something you want a machine built and a professional to come in and design with that in mind, but they can be super fun. Like folks don't even realize, you know, when a trail, if they're riding a regular bike, they're like, oh, you know, I don't want it to be dumbed down. Adaptive trails are not dumbed down at all. So uh, same experience, if not better a lot of times. Are there any events I'm missing? Because I thought there's an Inglewood, Idlewood, England Islewood six-hour race oh, also you guys usually yeah, put on. Yeah, there is another race, and okay. thanks for bringing that up. That's the Kentucky six-hour, and I think this is the third year going, and that is August 14th. And registration is open for Kentucky six-hour and for Houston Woods race right now. Yeah, that's at England Idlewild Park in Boone County in, Bur in Burlington, Kentucky. So it's by the, the Cincinnati airport that's in Kentucky. <laughs> And, it, and those were both, uh, Houston Woods and England Iowa were both part of the, oh, the Tri-State Six Hour Series that was put on for quite a few years. That was kind of my entry into the mountain biking world and especially the endurance racing. And those were a great series, but we, you know, a lot of people wanted to see them come back. So a couple that's very entrenched in England Iowa and Hebron and, and do a lot of the time trials out there. The Childresses got that going on their own and worked with Boone County and got that up and going. And now uh, at Houston Woods, Scott Carver and Maria, they have wanted to, or especially Maria has wanted to have that race back out there. So it's great having people out in the community to start to want to do some of that and take that on for us. And the Houston Woods one is a fundraiser. So everything, all the net proceeds will go back to the trail. Are there any sponsors that mean a lot to you guys and that help allow you to do what you do yeah we have we have um literally probably um over uh a hundred sponsors that sponsor either different events that we do or sponsor our annual fundraiser the trailblazers ball or the trailblazers track that we put on for enduro and we have people that just you know they, they like the trails and they get on and they they yeah. sign up for a membership uh through imba and they might decide to go with $250 a year, and which is which is huge. And and a lot of folks are like, well, how much does Cora get when they when they do that? And uh, the fact is that Imba from each of our memberships, they only uh, they only hold back $12 for their programming and their support for us, and the rest of it comes to us. So it doesn't matter how much someone gives to become a Cora member, an Imba member, because we're an Imba chapter. Uh, Imba only holds back 12 per member and the rest comes uh, to, to support our trails. But we do have uh, United Dairy Farmers. You know, they're, they're very much been a supporter of cycling in our community. 
Brad Lindner has helped us out a lot with trails. He actually helped hand build some of the trails in Milford. And Brad Lindner's the owner of uh, United Dairy Farmers. Uh, we also have the Devoo Good Foundation. That crew actually, Matt Butler and Rebecca Ginsler actually uh, helped fund the trails at Devoo to be professionally built uh, years ago. And they continue to, you know, help out in our community to make it, you know, to encourage people to, they actually just want to encourage people to get out of their cars and to, to create a safer streets for everyone and, 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 you know, healthier community. So they do a lot to, to help that. Um, we've also, uh, you know, the Outride Foundation, Specialized Outride Foundation, uh, they help out with, uh, we have programs uh, like uh, our, one of our schools, local schools, Nagel Middle School with uh, Brian Weaver. They have a, a Riding for Focus program where they actually have 31 bikes. They take kids, you know, during the school day out for a ride around the campus and uh, we're actually trying to build a, a bike park for them, but uh, the Outright Foundation gave them their bikes. They have also given us funding to build, help build uh, the bike park at Mount Airy. So they've helped out, but we, we've got just too many sponsors to name. We, 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 tr we try to list them up on our website and keep that up to date. Yeah. It's, it's been great support from the community. And on the other hand, too, we also, uh, we, we go out and look for grants. So a lot of people don't realize like, how many different funding sources you might go towards to, and, and how many asks that you might have to get, to get funding for your projects, to have fine foundations that really feel like they're aligned with you and, and they, they help champion what you're doing. So we've worked with Covington and got the RC Durr Foundation and, and, to help with our next phase of trails at Davu Park, they're actually uh, putting ninety-two thousand dollars towards our towards that project. So huge amount of uh, of money. And, and part of the reason they did that is not only uh, because they believe in that mission, they believe you know in the the outcome of getting people outdoors and active, but they also saw that our community, our our sponsors, our our members have given so much towards the project as well. So it's like oh. If we give money there, all the volunteers, all the members of Cora, and all their their sponsors are going to meet us. You know, they're gonna they're gonna help out as well. So they're not, you know, no foundation really wants to feel like they're going into it alone. And they also just love to see the community support. So that's it's a big deal. And, and then part of that other thing that we're seeing a change is that communities are starting to to really see the economic development piece of having those outdoor recreation areas. So a big, you know, when we go out and talk uh, to those community leaders, there's really an open ear now for more trails and not just paved trails. You know, like we have some great ones, Little Miami and Tri-State Trails here does a great job, but also whether it's gravel or natural surface to get more into those neighborhoods and to those schools. And, and yes, I, I want them to also go into our mountain bike parks so that I can safely travel from my house to uh, one of our trails without getting on the road. But the communities, the city, the state are really seeing that economic development. If you want people to bring their headquarters here into greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, we have to have that outdoor recreation. We have to have that livable space for those companies to want to come here. And then Kentucky and Ohio, you know, with our, our the way our health is, you know, obesity levels and so forth and so on. I mean, some of the best studies there are out there are getting kids on bikes when they're younger 
the chances of them being overweight and having health issues when they're older is greatly reduced. So really helping to get more kids on bikes and, and more folks. We get those kids on bikes, their parents usually come with them. So besides Cora, what else do you guys do when it comes to mountain bikes? <laughs> Last year was the first year we had the NICA League. So I'm actually an assistant coach on the Northern Kentucky Roots uh, composite team. Last year we participated in the Ohio League, but this year we're participating in the Kentucky. And that was just due to dates and venues. So most of our kids are in are Northern Kentucky. So practice will start with them in July, uh, every Thursday. And then I also, for years, I think since about 2012, have gone over and done the kid, taking the juniors out and the kids out for a time trial. They do one lap. We've had as young as seven years old. Jason's son, Lou, went out last year even. So I'll, usually I'll do a couple of weeks of uh, lessons and skill sessions with them and then we take them on what that time trial loop is and kind of help them to learn how to race and just get out there and have fun. Kids have so much more fun when they're riding with other kids versus them riding with me or mom or dad or aunt, whoever. So that that's a great event that Boone County puts on in England, Idlewild. And usually it's for eight weeks, but it usually goes on about 10 to 12 weeks. So that's usually my summer on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And then through my company, which is Got Dirt Mountain Bike Instruction, I do a few clinics a year, and I do a, quite a few free clinics, probably more free clinics than any clinics, but I do do some private one-on-one sessions. So I'll do that during the week, which keeps me busy. And then, who knows, I might have a race or two left in me. <laughs> yeah, no, um, so besides that, yeah, I also, uh, like I, uh, you know, I have a, a six-year-old and a 21-year-old, you know, one of the things that I've done with them, you know, is ride to school with them. It really helps them to, to focus. And so with the with the 21-year-old, we actually, when he was uh, eight years old, started riding to school together. You know, that helped a lot with his concentration in school. And it helped a lot with his uh, physical fitness. And so you know, and, and his confidence. And so, you know, with a three, three now a three and a four year old, then going to preschool, you know, with, uh, with my uh, son, Louis, uh, you know, Louis now, you know, a lot younger than Max, he cannot, you know, ride on by himself on the street or on the sidewalk per se, or at least not right away. So just being able to ride to school together. Uh, I have an electric cargo bike, he jumps on the back and we cruise and he gets to see the interaction um, with traffic with neighbors talking to people, waving at them as we go by, that kind of thing. And I think it's good to have that that fresh air in the morning. But uh, he's starting to get old enough now that uh, we actually rode up the street to the uh, it's Cincinnati, up to Skyline restaurant, and uh-huh. it's uphill, you know, a mile and a half. And, he, and he's like, I am so proud. I rode up, you know, all the way up that big hill. That is um, a big, um, that is a big hill. And, and the other day we actually, we, so at, uh, at, by my bicycle shop, there's a, we have the Tuesday at world's ride and we have different, um, different groups there of, of riders that meet Tuesday at six fifteen. everything from like a, a race group to a very casual, uh, we call it the mellow rollers, kind of an urban exploring group. And so we went out, he on his own little 20 inch, uh, specialized kids bike with the gears. He did 10 miles, 10 and a half miles. He's like, I don't, I'm not even tired. And 
Wow. So it was, it was really exciting. I think he loves to explore by bike, and, and that's kind of what, you know, I remember was awesome as a kid. And so being able to give him those tools and get him used to riding so he'll be safe uh, riding, you know, and, and, and comfortable riding places when he's older by himself. But, you know, those group rides uh, have been uh, also not just talking about my own kids, but the group rides have been a great tool for introducing people to cycling you know when you have a group you have people that are around you so it's maybe not as nervous as when you're out on the streets or on the trails trying to find places by yourself and we just show you know people how they can get around and and, and uh kind of the safer low stress uh streets they can find and trails they can find by bikes and and there's lots of cool things that you can find out there in the city that you wouldn't get to necessarily by car you know little cut throughs little gravel trails and whatnot and so our uh, our mellow rollers group will go out and explore around while the you know the the racer groups will you know go out over the hills of kentucky and and do like a they might do a 50 mile ride and then we all meet together at the end at, at the local brewery so it's it's a ton of fun so let's talk more about the shop you said you've, it's been going on for 22 years now yeah that's right yeah, we have, you know, we do bike fittings. We have a coffee shop inside the bike shop with a with a ride-up window or a walk-up window. It's been super popular, especially during COVID, where people could come up and grab coffee from the outside. But now it's just a great place to, to start a bike ride. And one of the reasons that we put it there is to, you know, just make it a little easier, a little more approachable for people that don't know much about bikes to be able to walk into a bike shop and maybe they can feel okay, like, all right, I feel like I don't need to buy a bike today. I can just get a cup of coffee and hang out for a minute. And then we're able to, you know, start a conversation. And it's just a, a little bit easier uh, to, you know, like for me, I've gone into camera shops before, for example. And it's just like, I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I need to know some jargon to be able to, you know, talk to folks. And, and it's, it's an overwhelming experience sometimes, and, and especially in specialty stores of any sort. So just to, to try to make it, you know, much lower stress and, and approachable. And, and I, I think it, it works to definitely get new people into riding. Olivia, let's, you, you mentioned NICA. Let's talk about what's uh, NICA been, what has NICA meant for Northern Kentucky? Well, I think it's really help to bring awareness to a lot of our community leaders that this is now a middle school and high school sport. So let's give these kids an opportunity closer to home. Let's get some trails in these locations. It actually in Fort Thomas has helped us to add some additional mileage there and looking at adding more, hopefully. And the same at looking at, you know, could England Idlewild be a venue? So that awareness for people when we are out talking and go, you know, it's a middle school and high school sport now. They're like, wow, you're kidding. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. And, you know, I love getting out with the kids. I mean, it just brings a smile to my face to see the difference in that first practice in their confidence because we're going through skills and sessions and, and so forth and then getting out and riding on the train trail. But to see where they were in July from where they ended up by the end of October it's just amazing. And then it's when you, as you, when you see them come back the next year. And, and Jason said it. He wasn't, we, we joke about it. He wasn't a ball sports kind of guy. I actually probably am a little bit different that I played just about everything and played through college and beyond. But for a lot of people, that doesn't happen. Only like, 
I don't know what the what the stats are now, but it used to be most kids, if they're playing baseball or basketball, by the eighth grade, it's only about, I don't know, 4% of those kids that were playing in eighth grade that make high school teams. So what did they do? They were playing these sports, you know, so let's give them a lifetime sport. Like, you know, and running's great for that too, but it's not for everyone. My, my knees were a little shot, so the, the biking helped me stay fit more. And I loved being out in the woods. And it was just two of the things that I liked the most, being able to, to, you know, be heart healthy and yet still be out in the woods. But it's just huge to get those kids in a lifelong sport and a lifelong love. And a lot of them then get out and see the trail work and have helped us with the trail work at Tower Park. And, um, and it, I think some of them have gone up to even Lebanon and helped on that Eastside Composite team. So it's been huge. It's been huge um, to help us with fundraising too. Because a lot of it is about getting more kids out on bikes, getting more kids outside moving away from electronics. Correct me if I'm wrong. There is an East Fork, Ohio Nike race, right? Was that? Am no, I... okay. no. East okay. Fork's not a venue. Okay, so. Uh, we used to have a six hour, East Fork okay. six hour series. Uh, they were part of that. So, okay. So now I'm kind of thinking of what the uh, Ohio Nike looks like. What's the Kentucky Nike schedule look like for uh, venues? So originally, I think one of the reasons they went Ohio is a lot of the venues were further away, but I think there's now one in Lexington, there's one in Frankfurt, which is, you know, an hour yeah. away, an hour and a half. What, what Liv's talking about is actually is our race, But it's a destination, so they're all really excited about it because it's down at Land Between the Lakes, Lake Barkley, so there's all kinds of stuff down there. And I, I forget where the fourth or fifth race is, but very doable. And uh, the cool thing about that is, and, and that was true with the Ohio League, too. It gets these, these kids out, but also their parents and extended family and coaches like myself out to see different venues because they really usually go down. Um, the races are on Sunday, get down there by Saturday morning, and most camp and spend the time together. Yeah, our, um, our local team, uh, they start out their first year in northern so we have a northern kentucky team in in our area and we have an east side composite team that's in, in cincinnati and the northern kentucky team actually competed in the ohio events because they were closer for them than some of the kentucky events were i think this year they've, they've chosen to do all the kentucky events and yeah kentucky is a really long state so land between the lakes is that, something like i think it's four or five hours away by yeah. car and so it's a haul uh, I think they, when they looked at it, they, they wanted to be back in Kentucky. I know that, too, because we are the Northern Kentucky roots. And, and those venues are, are great. So this year it just worked out better, and they'll stay in Kentucky. Both, yeah. both leagues were first year, too. So it was kind of getting things sorted out where the venues were and all that for, for I think, both states. Yeah, and let's be honest, especially if you have races that aren't too far away from you guys, obviously having a series like that makes people definitely want to drive further because, you know, they already have some skin in the game of, you know, yeah. wherever they're seated or however they're doing in their own individual categories. But um, it's great to see that you guys have been taking off. The Ohio's been taking off. Indiana's got a separate schedule. I don't know if it works out with you guys to possibly go to the other states when you have, you know, don't have race weekends going on or if it's better the rest of the kids? Yeah, a lot of these kids will race in these six-hour series, and they'll do duo because it's it's really the exact or very close to what their efforts will be when they race. So we're, we're glad to have these six-hour races 
like Houston Woods and uh, Kentucky Six Hour because it's good practice for them. And a lot of them will, will go to those races and beyond. Some of them did John Bryan when they had the John Bryan a, a couple years ago. What I meant was I don't know if the other kids, the, the, your kids will travel to other states if, you know, there's not a race weekend going on in Kentucky. To race in the other Nike League, you mean? Yeah. I, I, no, I don't think. I think you're either Kentucky or Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe that. But, again, I haven't gotten that involved with it. It's kind of why I stayed as an assistant coach. <laughs> I have a lot of time invested with Cora and right now, but I was happy to help them. There's not a lot of female coaches. We need more female riders. So that's kind of why I got involved with them. I, I, intend, my, I originally intended not to be involved, but uh, I am glad I have been. And I'll continue to be as long as I can still chase the kids around. Well, let's talk about cross then, because I know Olivia's big in cross also. Is it you've had a team before that races cross? I know at least yeah. you had Scott Phillips for years. Yeah, yeah. we I, I did race uh, cross for a, a long time. I put on cross races from, you know, basically uh, from about uh, 2000 to 2008. And then, you know, just changed sports and and whatnot. Yeah, I'll still I'll still go to the races every once in a while. But yeah, we have a, a pretty good local scene for cross racing. But yeah, I haven't I haven't been as competitive the last well, really the last ten years. I'll go to more just rides and family rides at state parks and things like that. When I started racing cross, I was racing for the Reaser team. So let's say I did my first mountain bike races in 2012, and then I was doing a ton of racing in 2013, doing the six hour series. And Jason was like, hey, you want to race for our team? So that's how that kind of started. And I did that for quite a few years. And then that kind of became more of a club. And I became Got Dirt. So I just started racing as Got Dirt and not as a team. So small, small world with that one. Small world. I put on the Carter's the Carter Park race now. There you go. And All right. We're supposed that's to right. be yeah. we're supposed to be in yeah. OVCX, but I'm not allowed to say it yet because it has the schedule yeah. hasn't released. Hopefully by the time this comes out, I can finally say yeah. I'm part of OVCX. Well, Carter Park was one of my best races because of the mountain bike skills that you need at Carter Park. <laughs> you want to talk more about cyclocross besides just, you know, your general of what you guys just said, what it, what it does for the area, what, what the scene is, how honestly for years, it seemed like Cincinnati had a huge cross family, especially yep. when it comes to Wednesday night practices and yeah. the Lionhearts, especially. Yeah. I haven't been, I, at times I have helped with the Lionhearts. As a matter of fact, um, last year we did not, but the year before that, we had Lionheart South because the Lionhearts practice up in Mason. And if you live in northern Kentucky and try and get there on a weeknight, it's tough. The Brian Bozeman and the Schlodeckers who live across the river in Anderson and myself started the Lionhearts. I think they called us the Lionheart South, but we started cyclocross practice for kids every week. I think we were, I don't know if we were on the same night. We might have been on Tuesday, whatever. But it was a great group of kids, and it really, you know, got them out each week. And then most of them did race. Um, not always. It's kind of, it's kind of nice because they didn't have to race the whole series. So it's a great involvement. I mean, I think I like that there are different disciplines for these kids to also look at besides just mountain biking. I mean, I was attracted to uh, mountain biking is my first love, but I was attracted to cyclocross because of the athleticism. I, I was like. What? You got to pick up your bike and run up stuff? And so that, that kind of is what drew me in. And I think that's true for some of the kids. Yeah, it's exciting, too. You know, you can try. You have different seasons, right? So, yeah. you know, once you've uh, raced road or mountain biking for a season, you can then move into cyclocross and, and kind of rotate 
uh, through it. And, you know, yeah, we're here in the Midwest uh, early, early in the year, uh, February through May is typically pretty, pretty rainy. Uh, you, you, you don't really, it's hard to plan a mountain bike event uh, during those months because there's a pretty good chance it's going to get rained out. And so, uh, you know, we have a cool local road scene. Um, and so to be able to, to cycle through uh, those events is, is, is a lot of fun and, and different types of riding. So riding and racing and, and, and again, it's options. Not everyone, uh, you know, is into the mountain bike thing. Some people just can't, you know, make it through the trees or whatever. And they just, you know, they, they, they're shaken by it and they feel totally confident in a criterium race, which me, uh, seems crazy, you know, you know, trying to, to race like a school of fish, you know, (laughs) 30 something miles per hour and, and, you know, you know, so the, the, the technique and the movements there, it's like, and you can't mountain bike, but yeah, there's people that just don't, that don't, uh, go between the sports, but we do a lot of our, our, our cycling community comes together for different projects, for different fundraisers, you know, uh, charity rides, all kinds of stuff. So it is a really cool community to be in and to, you know, heck, you know, if you've been riding in one thing for 10 years, you get bored with it. You, you can just change to a different type of cycling. Um, so it mixes it up. Yeah. And it definitely feels like Cincinnati is becoming more of a bike town. Is it safe to say that I constantly hear about more bike path expansion, especially, which is huge for you guys. Yeah. We have tri-state trails has been doing a a great job. They're kind of the, uh, our pavement partner and they've been doing a great job with the crown, the Cincinnati riding, let's see, and walk something walking network. Um, I can't remember what the O stands for. So it's, um, but yeah, they, they've been expanding this, this network of trails that, uh, 40 mile loop around the city and we're trying to connect to that. But at the same time, you know, to look, to look up and realize like, oh shoot, we have 115 miles of mountain bike trails right here. Like this is starting to be a serious destination. So, um, it's pretty exciting and we're starting to work with our chamber of commerce and, and our, um, our tourism organizations to say like, Hey, let's start promoting this and let's start building on this. Let's, let's build to this strength even more. So yeah, that's, it's really taking off. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because as I said earlier too, they are really seeing what, what the, the mountain biking and the trail, um, multi-use even that draw that has for the economic development piece. And even the Ohio state parks, we got an email today, where they want to do a video up at Houston Woods to put on their website of mountain biking. So, you know, it's uh, the the it's nice to see that it's becoming so accepting. We have people in the parks, directors like Lebanon, pushing for mountain bikers um, to have more access to the sport. Now, with Cora, when it comes to your event management, is it mainly just single day events, or are you trying to find ways to? make it more of like a weekend and more of a, a reason to stick around. Yeah, that's definitely um, a, a goal of ours is to move into longer events. Uh, and, and some of it is just to have, you know, we'll have a practice on Saturday and then uh, maybe a, a race on Sunday, like maybe a, a little bit. I think uh, Liv can speak to this, like with the Women's Crush Weekend. Yeah, I think there's a little rolling party the first the first day and then it's yeah. The mountain yeah. bike ride the second day and, and yeah. different events going on. So Yeah, so all three of those just, for instance, are two-day events because the Women's Crush Weekend, they'll come in on Saturday morning and, and probably ride some and then set up camp. 
and and then so there'll be rides and whatever I, I think we're trying to get some food vendors and probably some beverage vendors and so that that's kind of a weekend party and then Houston Woods race uh, is camping at the race site on Saturday the race is Sunday and then the same thing I think with Kentucky I'm not sure about Kentucky six hour if they have camping or not but in the past we have with that with that when we had the tri-state six hours there was generally camping with that but it's, yeah. it and usually is people come in anyhow either way because to pre-ride on friday saturday for the race on sunday yeah and and to add to that with an even longer event all summer long we're going to we're actually holding the uh trailblazers track which is basically uh it's a free event you can register at trailblazerstrek.org um, and we're trying to get people to get out and, uh, you know, use all of our trails. So, um, you know, basically the, they, they log all the trails that they, they visit. And depending on how many trails they visit, they, they get uh, some prizes, some different premiums and things and, and some, some recognition. But just trying to get people to get out and be active. And that's, you know, our trails are multi-use, too. A lot of people think like, oh, you know, it's a mountain bike organization. But really, we're a trail organization, and we're trying to get people to get out, you know, however they like to use the trails and just get out and enjoy them being outdoors. So we're doing hiking trail runners, uh, you know, biking and mountain biking. You know, some of our trails might be even kind of more appropriate on a gravel bike, um, you know, or, or, or someone could ride on a hybrid like on, on Terrell Park in Milford. Yeah. Um, you don't really need big mountain bike tires to, to shred it over there. No. So someone could be riding on the uh, Little Miami uh, paved trail, hop off on their hybrid, ride a little bit down close to the river, check it out, and 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 roll back. So uh, it, it just showing the diversity of trails and 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 trying to uh, include as many different trail users as possible. So we got that Trailblazers Trek, uh, TrailblazersTrek.org. You can register for that. It's free. Um, and, and yeah, there'll be all and kinds it's a, of, it's a great way to get people out to see different trails that maybe they didn't, you know, I mean, a lot of us, if we're, you know, I, somebody will say, where do you ride? And I ride everywhere, but I probably have the trails that are closer to my home sometimes that I ride more often. So it's, you know, it's me getting up to Caesars Creek. It's, uh, or Mitchell Memorial, which I don't always do tomorrow. I'm going to hit Terrell though with my dog. Cause I have a vet appointment over there. That counts. I'll be a hiker tomorrow. But yeah. yeah, it's a great way to get people out to see different trails too. And our group rides do that. And that's, um, you know, when you talk about events, those are some of our, it, it, some of our best events are our group rides because it's kind of a friend raiser. And then other, a lot of the people that ride will go because then they know they have leaders who know where to go and what's expected so they can show them the trail. And then the best thing about it, and that's true of our women's group rides too, is then they meet other people to ride with in the future. And I see them exchanging numbers and that just, you know, that just brings a smile to my face because they're finding other like, like-minded like people to, to get out on these adventures. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought of uh, another event we have coming up. It's, it's brand new. One of our board members, Doug Hart, is helping us. He's oh, yeah. uh, putting on the Cora bike how, and I'm trail sorry, but how, how, how could we almost forget that because we were at a yeah. meeting together at 9 20 this morning 
Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have the Cora Bike Control Expo at Madry Brewing. They have uh, they've given us a humongous space, and we'll have all kinds of you know hopefully uh, uh, different equipment vendors there, like bike shops and bike vendors, and 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 hiking equipment like road rivers and trails. And all kinds of biking, whether it's road biking, cyclocross. Yes. Yeah. So. so we'll have bikes, we'll have hiking equipment, and we'll have adventure vans. Yeah. But we'll have uh, destinations also. You know, we're, we're inviting folks from like some of the different destinations like Bailey's Trail or Fayetteville, West Virginia, or, you know, say Mulberry Gap to come up. Yeah. So other destinations besides the uh, greater Cincinnati mountain bike trails to uh, come in and, and just to have a really exciting show in, in March when you know, the weather's probably going to still be kind of inclement. Who knows what's going to be like, but uh, it'll be a great indoor show and just kind of get some folks together, get some uh, yeah. ideas going, get people excited about getting outside. And then everybody's ready to start talking summer. bikes by then, too. So you're talking about how your trails are multi-use. And I know in Mohican area, south of Cleveland, yeah. besides the Mohican 100, they do the Mohican 100 trail run. Have you guys ever yeah. thought about making trail running part of a way to use your trail system? We we have, and we actually had a trail runner on our board in the past. She, she moved out to Colorado. But actually, one of our newest and board members uh, actually is the executive director of Girls on the Run here in Cincinnati. So, yes, we are always trying to. And we work very closely with Cincy Hikes, Aaron Wynn, to try and uh, get more, whether it's trail running or hiking, more synergy with with all the with all of the trail users because really we really want more trails for for all users and there may be times where some of the trails we have devotion at Devu that's one way only and now the new park in Lebanon there's two trails that come down that are one way that should be but other than that you know we we want more multi-use trails for one I want to see more people out on the trails because I want a healthier community but also safety in numbers. So, hey, let's get more users out on those trails. Yeah, we've, we've worked some with um, uh, uh, Brian Grafton from Topo Sports. He puts on orienteering races. He also puts on trail running events. We also, you know, Frank DeJulius from Fleet Feet, great trail supporter. And um, they, you know, they help put on lots of uh, different trail running and, 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 and foot races and such. So, and even, you know, one of our sponsors is the, the Flying Pig Marathon. So they, they've sponsored our endeavors before because they know, you know, building that, that healthy environment, that environment that's yeah. uh, conducive to getting outdoors, getting running, getting active will help them get more people in their event. And it's part of their goal. So, um, yeah, so we're definitely trying and to make more and more connections. As, and as we've we had, uh, we've actually had booths, our core booths at, to uh, Cincy Hikes Trail Fest, which supported Cincinnati Parks. And then recently we, for the first time, had our booth down at the expo for the Flying Pig, which was, was great to talk to all those trail runners uh, to let them know, you know about us and so forth. So really a win-win. What currently gets you stoked on bicycles? Gosh, I think for me, it's really seeing probably the newer beginners getting out there and building their confidence, whether it's the kids or whether it's the women, even some of the guys, but I, I tend to have a lot of more work with a lot more kids and women and to see the, them build the confidence and then see them be out there on their own. And with the NICA league, the one thing that I love about it is that you've got the kids out there and the kids are riding by month, 
by the sec first or second month of that season, all of a sudden I see some of the parents now have bikes and are out riding. So that, that really gets me stoked because then it becomes really a family thing and that the family's out there riding together and getting healthier. Yesterday I was at the new Lebanon bike park to, to ride it because I couldn't make our group ride on Saturday. And I saw a family and I think they had seven kids and they were all out riding different levels and different, you know, paces, but they're part of the Nike Eastside composite team. And yeah, that, that melts my heart. And it just makes me think, you know, we're, we're doing something. We're getting people out. We're getting people healthier. You know, it's not just getting your heart rate up and that health, but it's the mental health aspect of being out in nature that is huge and getting those kids away and getting them out in the woods, I think is, is just uh, so beneficial for, for the parents. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, I, I think that it's like Liv, Liv said it, like it's neat to see that the sport's not just kind of aging away, that new people at all ages are getting into it, uh, young and old. But, you know, we still have people that have been mountain biking since the 80s that are yeah. are still biking. And then their kids now are racing you know, or, or even their grandkids. Um, and so it's, it's really cool dynamic there, but it's also really neat because, you know, the mountain biking used to, uh, you know, and trails used to really kind of get a bad rap. And now we can go out there, um, that we've proven that we can take care of our trails and, and that we bring value to the community and, and that trails do bring value that, you know, Liv and I have gone to, uh, hundreds, literally hundreds. Like I count up, I'm, I'm somewhere around between 30 and 45 meetings a month with different partners, different, you know, either partner organizations or municipalities, yeah. um, uh, or our land managers and they get it now. I mean, it, like Liv and I, uh, you know, we'll leave a meeting <laughs> like, and have high fives, like all yeah. the time. It's just great to go in and someone totally gets it. They totally understand the benefits and yeah. they want to, they're just ex excited as we are to make things happen. I had a, a, a meeting with the, the mayor of Newport on, on Monday and he's like, yes, like, how can we, what do you need? What's the next steps? Let this, you know, how can we make this happen? And, and it's the same thing we had in, you know, Wilder, Kentucky. Yeah. We've had uh, community meetings like in Mount Washington up in Ohio where, uh, the community council or the neighborhood council has been excited about it, but also their economic development organization is super excited about, you know, what it brings to the table. So uh, there's, it's spreading that stoke and to see people that are in charge and, and, and the people that, you know, really members of the community saying, yes, we want this for our community. So hopefully we can make some big stuff happen and really leverage that support. Great. Well, thanks for joining me today, guys. Any last words? Oh, just keep on riding. Keep on getting out there. Yeah, it's, it's you, know, you know, let us know if there's anything in your community. We'd love to help you. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait to get more and more trails and more and more connectivity. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Stoked on Spokes podcast. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, rate us, and tell your friends about it. Check out our Patreon page for additional bonus content. And follow our Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on all the things we are working on. Until next time, just keep rolling.